This episode of Ringer Dish is brought to you by our presenting sponsor, Bud Light. It's summertime, and that means it's time to get outside and enjoy the weather with some crisp, refreshing Bud Lights. Bud Light has the perfect summer lineup with Bud Light Lime and Bud Light Orange, both brewed with real citrus peels. New and just in time for summer is Bud Light Lemon Tea, brewed with real lemon peels and tea leaves. It's the ideal drink for summer, but it's only here for a limited time, so get it before it's gone. And to really get you in the summer spirit, Bud Light is giving everyone the chance to win the getaway of a lifetime. You can win two tickets aboard a VIP cruise to the Bahamas this summer, featuring a live performance by Jake Owen, and of course, plenty of Bud Light. For a chance to win, simply post your Bud Light summertime photos using the hashtags RealEnoughToGetAway and hashtag Bud Light Contest on Facebook and Instagram. See BudLight.com slash RealEnoughToGetAway for more details. Hello, and welcome to Ringer Dish. I'm Andrew Gridadaro, culture editor at The Ringer, and today I'm pleased to be your host of this very special retrospective episode. All this week on TheRinger.com, we're going to be counting down the best moments in culture this year. We're going to touch on everything that's happened in movies, TV, celeb culture. To that end, today I'll be joined by several of my colleagues as we break down some of the best celebrity moments of the year so far. First up, I'm joined by Ringer staff writer Alyssa Bereznik. Alyssa, what's up? Hey, how's it going? We're going to talk about the saga of Jeff Bezos and maybe the weirdest text message I've ever read. Yeah, really <laughs> cringe. I think that's the, the yeah. news of the internet. Yeah, word. majorly cringe. <laughs> so to get into this, this happened in January. And let's start at the very beginning with the divorce announcement. Sure. So... Like, shortly before there was an actual announcement, there was whispers on all yeah. of the gossip blogs. And that was, like, what perked everyone's ears. Because I think there there had always sort of been rumors. I don't know. You People yeah, talk. Right. Like, tech reporters talk. Things didn't seem like they were going too well in um, Jeff Bezos's marriage. And then he and his wife come out with a joint statement on January 9th mm-hmm. that say, hey, we are parting after 25 years of marriage. It's amicable. We're going to continue to co-parent and be business partners and everything's good. We are super friends. <laughs> yeah. I want to I read the last line of it, the tweet that he sent out. Though the labels might be different, we, we remain a family and we remain cherished friends. Yeah. I mean, I think that that was really honestly to sort of calm down investors because mm-hmm. if it had come out that this was a rocky marriage, that could affect like stock prices immediately, essentially. It's notable that he doesn't have a prenup. No prenup. (laughs) And they got married. She, they got married before he founded Amazon. Mm -hmm. She was like pretty crucial in its founding. She was an accountant in the early days and they live in Washington state, which has a rule that if you divorce, it's like 50, 50, like, Right. Yeah. (laughs) So big deal. (laughs) Yeah. Huge deal. Especially if she had like 50% of his voting shares, all of a sudden that throws off like all of his power on the board of Amazon and could just like change the future of the company and the American economy. (laughs) So when this happens, they, they put this, this statement out, you know, you're plugged into the tech world before everything else happens. What was sort of like the reaction to it? I think it was just like how, I mean, in the tech world, I think the focus was like, what's going to happen uh-huh. to the company Amazon? <laughs> yeah. Like, what's going to happen to the Washington Post? What's going to happen to Blue Origin, his like weird space uh-huh. like company? <laughs> We've all got one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know. Um, and just like whether or not Mackenzie was going to go apeshit, basically. Mm-hmm. Like, how scorned was she was the question. And that would help us understand how fucked Amazon was. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, after that, it was palace intrigue. It's just like, yeah. what's Jeff been up to? Right. <laughs> and then we found out. Yes. <laughs> He's been pretty up to quickly, a yeah. Pretty quickly after it becomes clear why they released the statement. Exactly. Um, National Enquirer is on the story and they report that they've been following him for a whole four months, like a very involved investigation. And he has been having an affair with a woman named Lauren Sanchez. Do you know mm-hmm. who that is? Uh, I didn't at the time, you know, I, I do kind of now. Yeah. Can you, can you explain her? Cause she, she's got a lot of tangents in her yes, life. Yes, she does. That's a good way of putting it. Uh, she was a daytime talk show uh-huh. host 
I think Good Day LA was her show. Yeah. And then she pivoted to being a pilot. Sure, as one And does. she was working at this Hollywood company that specializes in like aerial filming. Mm-hmm. And part of the reason she was involved in that is because her husband is the famous like Hollywood talent mogul. Yeah, Patrick Whitesell. Yes, exactly. Big deal. Yes. So, you know, and uh, that would place her at parties where Jeff Bezos might be because he has gotten to original content recently, as we all know. Mm-hmm. And so it, it's only natural that they might rub shoulders at a, a Hollywood get-together. And so what do we find out from this National Enquirer story? That they have been conducting a long affair, mm-hmm. and it's pretty clearly bled into a time when there was no trial separation between him and his wife, Mackenzie. Right. Um, you know, there are dates people could debate, but there was a, a birthday party where they set, like, Mackenzie and Jeff Bezos celebrated, and people said they were together then, but that this affair seemed to have bled into that. So either way, uh, the most important thing about this is there (laughs) were text messages. (laughs) One in particular. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I mean, yeah. So the National Enquirer first just like publishes the text of these text messages. And yes, (laughs) there is a famous one. Do you have it? Like, can you read it? I think it's it it can it's five words. Okay. <laughs> I love you, alive girl. Hmm. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, not my choice to describe <laughs> my my romantic partner as alive. You know, I, I think want, that's a given mostly. <laughs> my main question here is: Do you think that his use of alive girl is proof that he has dated robots? <laughs> I mean, I imagine that maybe he's tested them out. <laughs> I don't know if he's quote unquote dated. That's kind of a, a happy <laughs> word. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's proof of the fact that he might not necessarily be commanded to con- like be emotionally intimate with people very often. <laughs> yeah. That's fair to say, right? Definitely fair. Definitely fair. When you're that rich and powerful, like you don't need to be obligated to push yourself in any sense. Like you, <laughs> But it's like, it's weird that he's so transparent about like, yes, I like you because you're human flesh. Yeah, you are breathing. <laughs> what a great qualification for being my girlfriend. <laughs> on, a, on a more serious note, though, like, can you sort of explain why, why we got so swept up in this? Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, that wasn't even the start of it, really. Yeah. Like, we, we got these text messages and everyone freaked out over Twitter because that's what people do. Mm-hmm. But then, like, a couple weeks later, the National Enquirer, or, yeah, and that was, like, you know, extended. But a couple weeks later, Jeff Bezos writes a first-person post on Medium. Yes. The preferred tech, bro, uh, like, CEO <laughs> announcement platform. Medium's where you go to do this. Yes, exactly. And he says, by the way— <laughs> AMI, which owns National Mm -hmm. Enquirer or like publishes it, they are swept up in this whole other separate investigation. As you might recall, if you were following any of the like porn star hush money stuff related to Donald Trump, they were like named as like a participant in the cover up of paying off one of the porn stars that Donald Trump allegedly slept with. Catch and kill. Catch and kill. What they call it. Exactly. Where they they purchase the rights to a story and then never print it. Right. And so Bezos like alleged that they have a couple they've been kind of helping Trump in many different ways. He kind mm-hmm. of just like alluded to that without offering so much evidence. But then he printed like he printed in his post uh, a threatening email they had sent him. And in the post they had explained in detail all of the photos that they had obtained of yeah. him. <laughs> it's, it's like a shocking bullet point list. <laughs> Are you going to read some? <laughs> yeah, let's let's read some. A selfie of Mr. Bezos fully clothed. Ugh. A full-length, scantily clad body shot with short trunks. A naked selfie in a bathroom. And the top of his pubic region can be seen. So, like, it, it goes on from there. Yeah. And this is... Jeff Bezos being like, here's what they got on me. Right. Like him basically revealing like, yes, I did have this long-term affair. And uh, yes, I do like to take naked selfies, which is just like not a piece of information I needed about him. I never wanted to know about that. (laughs) It's kind of like, it's a pretty rare move in terms of a celebrity sort of 
getting ahead of the story. Yeah, and I admire it in the sense that, like, he, you know, he has an interest in demonstrating that he's not compromised because Mm -hmm. he owns the Washington Post. And the Washington Post, like, has investigated some of, like, the company that is threatening him. Right. And also, he himself had launched an investigation into AMI separately with, like, a a private investigator. So, like, I think that it was, like, on one hand, a very brave and bold move (laughs) on the other. Just like one that's so deeply embarrassing. I don't know how you could ever recover from it. I guess the way you recover from it is just being the richest man ever. Yeah, yeah. He can can fall back on some things. (laughs) But yeah, I think like a live live girl, you know, while being one of the most absurd ways I've ever heard someone refer to their lover, it's sort of like this story that covers so many things in American culture, even beyond pop culture. What do you mean by that? <laughs> well, it's like you're, we're hitting on these these privacy things. We're hitting on matters of Amazon, the biggest company in the country. And then we're also just delving into the, the romantic life of this giant character in American business. Sure. Yeah. Like I think on one level, like the conversation on Twitter was like, how big is Jeff Bezos' dick? <laughs> like, are we going to get to see the pics? Mm-hmm. And then, like, if you go, like, a couple layers down from that, it's like, oh, like, how does this all tie back to, like, how Trump manipulates the media and, like, is doing backdoor deals? And, like, what's the role of a billionaire in that situation who also owns a media company? Like, these are all things that we have to consider. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, like, odd that, I mean, it's kind of why it's my favorite scandal. It's because it, it's so there are layers far-reaching. Here. <laughs> yeah. So we're we're about six months removed from this story now. With that sort of hindsight, what are your takeaways of a live girl. I think that if anything, it, you know, I hope that it helped elevate just general sexting in the world. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, I think yeah. that, like, having that shown so starkly, just like, this is his lame attempt at, like, being yeah. suggestive with his partner. I hope that just, like, upped everyone's game. They just, like, <laughs> thought a little bit more about what they wanted to say to their partner if they were in that kind of position. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the larger thing is, like, I'm very interested to know all of the times that these sort of like shady gossip rags, you know, as much as they produce good journalism sometimes, Mm -hmm. like how much of like that is trying to blackmail people or like threaten powerful people to give them one story in exchange for hiding another. Mm -hmm. I think very clearly we've had to like reckon with a lot of things about the media and like how it's reacting in the Trump era. And, yeah, right. um, and, and so it's, it's interesting to see this like direct uh, interaction between Jeff and the president of AMI. And it's certainly, it's going to be really impossible to forget this <laughs> and to forget. I, a I will girl. never forget it. I mean, every time I see Jeff Bezos, I'm just like, I know that there are <laughs> dick pics of you out there. Mm-hmm. I I've like, not only do I know about the descriptions of like what those photos were, but I also know like how you sexed. <laughs> right. It's just horrifying. It is. It is. But, but also he's so rich, so it's okay. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And I guess that's sort of like the question that we're going to be left to grapple with in eternity as we ruminate on a live girl for the rest of our alive lives. <laughs> Alyssa, thank you so much for coming on here and really explaining this to me again. Yeah, I hope we never have to speak of it again. I do too. I really do too. Thanks again to Alyssa. Now we're going to pivot to something completely different, a little more lighthearted. Coming in is a person who appreciates Paul Bettany as much as I do. Kate Hollowell, how you doing? Oh my gosh, I love that that's my intro. (laughs) It's so true. That's how I know you. It's how we bonded. It's true. I, I really cherish those moments. Same. All right. So who are we talking about? Who are you telling me had the best in 2019? We're talking about the it girl of the summer, Sophie Turner and her jewel. What a queen. What? Truly a queen. A queen of social media, a queen of the silver screen, the bigger screen. (laughs) She's everywhere. She we can't get her out of our face. And yet somehow we don't care, which feels like the main argument for why she's great. So how did this happen? When did this start happening? Well, can you explain this? You know, it. I think it kind of, you can either look at it as like Game of Thrones was kind of when 
she yeah. started the final season of Game of Thrones and also just like the Joe Jonas sort of like when the Jonas Brothers made their comeback, I think, which both really happened at the same time. I remember when the Jonas Brothers song Sucker came out, which featured like all the Jonas wives, you know, Priyanka yes. and Danielle and <laughs> Sophie. And that came out at the same time as the first like For the Throne trailer, oh, like wow. teasers, because there was like, so there was a shot of Sophie Turner holding her jewel like on a throne in the Sucker music video. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. is this also Game of Thrones? Like, <laughs> so I think it was right during that time when like it really started to amp up and started to sort of like be, you know, she was viral for like being in this obviously like very prolific celebrity relationship and like very viral and meme relationship. And then also having the final season of Game of Thrones. Can we talk a little bit about the jewel? I would love to talk about the jewel. <laughs> what? Oh Let's, God. like... It is glued to her hand. Yeah, it at all times. Anyway, literally at all times, in all pictures, she really, like, her commitment to the jewel is what separates her from, like, the... I truly think separates her from, like, the try-hard it girls. Like, mm-hmm. I think, like, the jewel is what separates the Sophie Turners from the Brie Larsons. I really feel that way. Sorry, there's Brie, a reason. Astray. Like she's just like it adds like this messiness to her where she just like doesn't give a fuck. And I think you need that to be like a relatable it girl in 2019. Like you need to have something that's like I'm gonna be doing this and I don't care what people think. And like the jewel is it for Sophie Turner. Can anyone pick up a jewel now, or is this just Sophie Turner's thing? I I think everyone can. Adele had one, (laughs) like, last week. She was, like, rapping at some party, like, doing karaoke and had a jewel in the other hand. Like, Chris O'Dowd was, like, vaping on stage at the TCAs. I think we're, like, kind of in a jewel, like, era right now. But I think Sophie Turner and Jewel are really, like, just an iconic pairing that can't be beat. Speaking of that, I think my favorite Sophie Turner moment of the year is her... Showing up on the on the big screen at MSG yes. and just downing a goblet of wine <laughs> while while desperately clutching this jewel. Yes. Oh my god, there were so many layers to that. So like, yeah, it was first that you know she chugged the glass. Of, first of all, the red <laughs> wine in general at this game is just a choice. Yeah. Um. Then they put her on the jumbo trying. She chugs the red wine. She dabs and she's got the jewel. And then she like wipes like the drip <laughs> of red wine away from her mouth. And that's just like the messiness that I genuinely think. It's just like, you know, she's a good hang. You know, she's just like yeah. doing it because she wants to do it. You know, like that's what keeps her away from like all the annoying girl backlash. You know, because like the Anne Hathaways, the Brie Larsons, the Jennifer Lawrences, mm-hmm. like it's so hard to be like the relatable popular it girl that everyone's talking about all the time and not have this immediate backlash of like, oh, they're trying to right, hard yeah. and like, which I mean, I'm I'm absolutely guilty of. Like, I think we all are. Like, we just get tired of having these people in our faces and like trying to do this relatable shtick. And she just has this like element of just not caring mm-hmm. and being just, like I said, just like kind of like messy and like a party girl. And it just like, protects her or at least has protected her so far from like the okay I'm tired of Sophie Turner I'm tired of like her trying so hard because it's like she's not trying this is just what she's doing whatever she wants to do and we just eat it up do you think the difference is that I guess maybe she kind of like walks the walk rather than talking the talk I mean like I she doesn't talk about jewels she just jewels she just jewels yeah I think yeah I mean you know, it's it's that. It's like the the getting married to Joe in Vegas and Diplo live streaming it. Yeah, can it's we like, talk about can we go into detail yeah, on this? What was that? It's it's wild. It's like she you know, I mean, so many celebrities get engaged young and get married young. Uh-huh. Like the Justin Bieber, the Haley Baldwin, like they did it as well. And it's just so different from them in that like she does walk the walk. Like she got married in Vegas in like a light up headdress and took pictures <laughs> with lollipops on the cover of like a car. And you know what I mean? Like she, she just keeps doing whatever she wants to do. And instead of like pretending like she's like, Oh, this party girl, like she just, we're just catching her being a party girl, you know, like yeah. it's, I, that's such an awkward way to word it. But like, you know, the pictures of her bachelorette party and like her showing up at like that college and like doing body shots off of, you know, yeah, the, college students. The Penn State run that yeah. they all had was like yeah. somewhat alarming. It was, it's all a little alarming, honestly. You know, like we're always like a little bit worried about her and all these things You're that right. are there happening. Is, yeah, there's this Truly, fence. yeah. Like we've been talking about her on Tea Time for literal months and been like, every time <laughs> we're like, is she okay? Like, do we need to be concerned? And it just, it's working for her right now. And it, I mean, I think is continuing to work for her 
But yeah, she just like very clearly likes to have a good time and knows how to have a good time and somehow is like woven this into also becoming a movie star this summer. And it's yeah. just been really incredible to watch. <laughs> so to that to that end, where does Sophie Turner go from here for the second half of 2019? You know, I mean, she had Dark Phoenix. Dark Phoenix was a flop. Yeah, um, that's not her fault. It's not. And I think it's impressive that like it's not really has no has one, not been ha- yeah, no on one has been like right been it's like, not can like, she carry a movie exactly exactly it's not like oh you know so we turn her the next jennifer lawrence like she's a failure it's not been that at all which i think is a reflection of like the very specific kind of like memeable star power she has where like her appeal isn't really on screen because mm-hmm. like i mean it's not even like she's out there winning emmys for game of thrones you know what i mean she's like not even a fan favorite character. Maybe by the end of the series, a fan favorite character. But like early on, like people didn't really like her character. She hadn't really been in very many movies. And so like as an actress, she's not, I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but to me, she's not that popular. It's more like she's popular online and popular off screen. Yeah. So she kind of feel like has a lot of options on screen, like in her professional career because right now it's like she's being carried by viral moments and hot like photo shoots and like (laughs) and you know tweets with joe jonas like that that's kind of like her appeal right now so i think she kind of has a lot of wiggle room when it comes to actually like her professional career what do you want for her oh man um i want something that actually proves that she's a good actress you know because i don't know that x-men did that i think game of thrones towards the end gave her some room to work yeah sure I want maybe like a TV show for okay. her, like a, Nef- like a Netflix. Like Netflix. Yeah, like a mini series, okay. maybe. I worry that she's going to go the Jennifer Lawrence route and start being thrown into just like these huge franchises and yeah. and just kind of be just like eaten up by people deciding that she's going to be a star. Like, I kind of feel like she should have some, I don't want to say like Kristen Stewart, but like some post career. <laughs> Like some indies, you know, and like do some like in, some weird movies and work with some weird directors and do just like a little more of like a variety of things as opposed to being, you know, the Jennifer Lawrence again, like I said. I'm seeing like a Emma Watson. Path. Ooh, interesting. Like a you bling want, ring. You want Emma Watson for her? Interesting. Well, I think you and I have differing thoughts on Emma, <laughs> on Watson. Emma Watson. That's fair. <laughs> we probably do. <laughs> Just based on your reactions to uh, Little Women. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> but just like a, a bling ring. and Ooh, then yeah. And then maybe like a, a, a franchisey thing. And then she can start working with Greta Gerwig. That's true. Honestly, ending up with Greta Gerwig seems like a an ideal <laughs> best case scenario. A best case scenario for her. Yeah, I just I don't think she'll run into any sort of like oh having to distance herself from Sansa Stark because I think she already has created this like other persona for herself. Like just yeah. in the past year, I really don't want her to get stuck in like a series of terrible X Men movies. Which hopefully like yeah, Dark hopefully Phoenix was yeah. enough of a flop that like she won't have to do that. Yeah. <laughs> I I mean I would like I mean this is sort of off screen, but I want like some sort of huge like maybe beauty campaign or like fashion campaign you know like sure. Jennifer Lawrence signed with yeah. Dior like immediately Any anything that gives me like more Sophie Turner red carpets more Sophie Turner cover shoots that's what I want Okay. Um, I mean maybe I could see another franchise for her but maybe not superheroes I don't know okay we'll see I, I pray for the health of her marriage yeah well. I pray for her health first of all in general <laughs> uh, drink a lot of water Sophie make sure you're eating your vegetables like maybe just going out like every other night and also yeah the marriage you know that too Sophie Turner drink more water is our <laughs> closing message here. that's the takeaway <laughs> alright Kate thank you so much thank for joining you. me thanks again to Kate Hallowell we're now joined by Amelia Wedemeyer to talk about kind of the nastier side of celebrity culture this year the feud between Angelica Houston and Jackie Weaver. Amelia, what's up? Hey, Andrew. What What a feud. <laughs> I'm glad you're here to talk to me about this because <laughs> I too. know you have passion when it comes to this. Oh, yes. Yes. So maybe first let's just uh, explain who these people are. Yeah. So Jackie Weaver, I'm pretty sure she's an Australian actress. Yeah. She was in Silver Linings Playbook. Great performance. Great. I think she was nominated for an Oscar. <laughs> she um, was. She has all, all, yeah. And she has very, like, piercing ice blue eyes, mm-hmm. which is, like, always freaks me out when I see her. <laughs> but, I mean, she's beautiful. But anyway, she's, like, I actually don't know how old she is, but she's, you know, on 
the older side. And yep. she was she starred in a movie this that came out this year called Palms, which is essentially about a group of older women who decide they want to become cheerleaders. And yeah, as old women do. As they do. And I think this was like kind of hot off of the, I guess, success of Book Club, <laughs> which starred like a lot of older women too. So the next, the logical conclusion to Book Club is to do a movie about old cheerleaders. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's clear. Yes. So she she was in that movie and Angelica Houston talked to Vulture about Growing up in Hollywood, Jack Nicholson, John Wick 3, and she pretty much shaded them. And she was like, I don't want to be doing that when I'm at this age. Like, this is embarrassing. Can you do a dramatic reading of this quote? Yes. Like, band of cheerleaders gets back together for one last hurrah, you know, an old lady cheerleader movie. I don't like that kind of thing. If I'm going to be an old lady, and I'm sort of touching old lady these days, at least I want to be a special old lady. I don't want to be relegated to some has-been making a comeback. I hate comebacks. Wow. That is just scorched earth It really is. It really is. (laughs) And and it should be noted that there is really only one thing she could be referring to when she says this. 100%. What other movie came out this year about (laughs) older women cheerleaders? Or ever. Or ever. That is true. That is definitely true. Yeah, kind of mean. Not very nice. (laughs) But, you know, fair. Right. And I think at this point, Angelica Houston has, you know, She's earned earned the right to speak her mind. Right. She's an Oscar winner. She's been in a lot of iconic films. Yeah, definitely. You know, The the Witches is like the scariest movie I've ever seen. Really? She's very scary. <laughs> I'm terrified she, of The Witches. <laughs> she is also imposing. Like, her and Jackie Weaver, I would not want to <laughs> meet them in a dark alley, honestly. So, Angelica Houston lets off this scorcher of a take. Right. And a couple days later, what happens? Jackie Weaver, she (laughs) is asked about the response. And would you like me to read it? I would. You did a really good job. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Okay. This is so brace yourselves, everyone. There's a little, little swearing going on. Okay. I just laughed. And then I said, well, she can go fuck herself. (laughs) I was kind of disappointed. I had always been an admirer of Angelica. And I thought, that's a bit mean and petty. So, oh, oh, and then she added, I would say she must be going through menopause, but she must have had that ages ago. Damn. Wow. Wow. My Lord. She like one-upped Angelina. Or me, Angelica, I'm sorry. It's just, (laughs) like, this is, and this is basically like your grandma fighting (laughs) with her best friend. Right. Right, exactly. It reminds me of like in Arrested Development, like the Lucille's kind of going at each other. Oh, yeah. You know? Definitely. Yeah, that's a great comp. (laughs) Thank you. So why has any other feud uh, from 2019 sort of reached the level of this one? I really can't think of another feud. Why is this one stand? Why does this stand out? I think because like these are very well-respected actresses and I don't, you just don't really see women of their stature, I guess, kind of engaging in this kind of mudslinging at each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, Jackie Weaver, she pulled out the go fuck yourself and the whole menopause joke, too. That, I mean, those are some spicy ass <laughs> takes. Angelica touched a nerve. She, it's, it seems clearly, clear. yes. It and, seems clear. <laughs> and Angelica, you know, she, I mean, it wasn't that wasn't really nice of her either. So it, it's just like from, it's a little shady. A little shady. It's from two people you like would least expect it from. Like you said, it's like your grandma having a fight with her best friend. Like this, this is not supposed to happen. This is supposed to be for like Nicki Minaj and Cardi B or like Taylor <laughs> Swift and Katy Perry or something. It's Jackie a, Weaver. What's good? She what's oh. good? My lead. <laughs> Yeah, she did. Yeah, she did. Oh, God, Jackie. So, I mean, I I don't know. I wish this feud had gone on kind of a little longer because it was— Yeah, so what—was there a resolution? 
I don't th- I think it was just like Jackie Weaver being like, stop being so ageist. And then Angelica was like, I'm not going to respond. Right. I'm sure someone reached out to Angelica and, and she was probably just like, no, <laughs> like right. I gave my quotes. Actually, I'm reading this Vanity Fair article and oh, it, one more quote from Jackie. Angelica sounds sad at the moment, I have to say. I think she must be a bit disappointed or she wouldn't be slagging on people for no reason. Jeez. Yeah, and and then Vanity Fair reached out to Houston's representative for a comment and I guess they didn't get back, so. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> she was she was burnt and she did not want to go back into the waters. So, you know, this is clearly the best feud of the first 6 months. 100%. How how can it be topped? What do we need in a celebrity feud to eclipse this one? Oh, God. I mean, if would you want like a continuation of this Jackie and Angelica feud or would, like a whole new feud? Like a whole new one. Like, oh, OK. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That, you know, that is really hard. I don't know. I mean, I guess you could either go with like the really young people like one of those two of the kids that are on Ellen, you know, like if they got into a tussle, that would be interesting. Yeah. Um, I honestly would love it if Jackie Weaver started dating Jack Nicholson. Wow. Right. Wow. It would be crazy because of the history he has with Angelica. But I guess, you know, yeah, if he got into a feud with like, I don't know, Robert De Niro, that would be exciting for me. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, it's going to be really hard to top the menopause comment. It really is. It's fine. Yeah. I can't see anyone else going there. No, nothing can really compare. I'll be honest. But you know, for our sakes, I'm really glad that they went there. <laughs> Me too. Me too. Amelia, thank you for reveling in this beef with me. Oh, thank you, Andrew. It was a pleasure. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Thanks again to Amelia Wattemeyer. Now I'm thrilled to welcome in the ringer's resident queen of yeehaw, Lindsay Zolads. Lindsay, what's up? (laughs) Not too much. How's it going? You know. (laughs) That intro could only mean that we're talking about one person. That'd be Casey Musgraves. My queen. What a year for Casey Musgraves. Yeah, and she didn't even put a record out this year. The record came out last year. Yeah. She's just been on this like victory lap in 2019, and I'm loving it. So let's start there. Can you explain to me, like, what Golden Hour did for Casey's career? Mm. So Golden Hour is Casey's third record. Mm -hmm. And I do feel like it was this sort of pop breakthrough for her. Not even in the sense that it's a pop record, but I think her first two albums, she was— had this identity as as a country artist, but a country artist that, like, it was cool to like if you didn't yeah. like country music. She was on the cover she of The Fader. Yeah, <laughs> she did drugs. Yeah. She was approved by, like, the Pitchfork world. You know, so uh-huh. people that would say, I don't really listen to country music, but I like Casey Musgrave. She, and part of it was, you know, there was a progressive message to some of her songs. Yeah. She had that song, Follow Your Arrow, that was very pro-gay rights before Mm -hmm. Taylor Swift went in and (laughs) co-opted that whole stance. So she, there are things about the country establishment that she was actively rejecting, and I think that made her kind of cool to like before then. But I do think Golden Hour, which I think is her best record too, just was this moment where she suddenly became the center of a more mainstream conversation and, and just seemed really confident in what she was doing and ready to handle that attention in a way too. Uh-huh. And that that obviously it all pays off at the Grammys. Um, oh, yeah. she wins album of the year. You were just telling me that you got chills watching I watching did. her acceptance speech. Can I did. you can you take me through that? <laughs> so, she won country album of the year and then won the full Yes. Album of the year at the end. And I, I think part of why it was such a great moment, I was thinking about this. It's one of the only non-controversial album of the year wins. Yeah, <laughs> everyone was like, Grammy. of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like we had to endure, you know, the whole Lemonade getting yeah. snubbed two Malcolm years ago. Malcolm Moore wasn't texting anyone. <laughs> he didn't text anyone. It wasn't like uh, when Kendrick didn't win right. last year. Nobody, the level of outrage 
was lower as usual because <laughs> yeah. you can't hate Casey. Uh-huh. Uh, and I do think looking back on the list of nominees, like she was the right one to win. So there was this feeling of justice that you sure, usually don't yeah, get in the yeah. Grammys. But just her reaction to winning, you know, arguably her industry's most important mm-hmm. honor is just so good and so Casey. She's just like, what? And she makes this face that has now become a meme where like, I think to my knowledge, it's like one of her fake eyelashes like sticking to, so like only one of her eyes open and she makes this like bugged out face that she has since, I, I was looking at her Instagram before this too and she, there was like a, one of those, you know, the flags at the big festivals that people yeah. have to, like, yeah, mark yeah. where they are. Someone had made one that's just, like, that photo of Casey with the one eye open winning a <laughs> Grammy that says, when the acid hits. <laughs> and she was like, y'all funny, and just yeah. tweet or uh, Instagram that. So she she's very, like, self-aware in that way. But it was this, this beautiful moment, and I think something that is so appealing about her, both in these big televised moments and just— on the internet or in interviews and stuff, she feels like she's always being herself. Mm -hmm. And that is very rare in a big popular musician right now. And everybody feels like they're a brand or has this like brand identity. Um, Pretty much everything she says feels really like idiosyncratic and genuine to her kind of weird personality. Mm -hmm. And the, the Grammy win, you know, while she was really grateful and she had tears in her eyes and stuff, she, it was funny too. Her reaction was very Casey and authentic. And I think that's a huge part of her appeal. And speaking of very Casey, um, let's talk about my favorite viral moment of the year. Oh yeah. Which is, I didn't say fucking ye. (laughs) She didn't. (laughs) I mean, yeah. Give me the background here. Okay. So, Casey's performance at Coachella this year, which was great, by the way. I only watched it on the live stream. Mm -hmm. The best way to experience Coachella, (laughs) honestly. Definitely. And she had this whole breakdown where she was like, when I say ye, you say ha Mm -hmm. to this large crowd. And they just sort of instinctively were like, ye, ha, which isn't even what they were instructed to do. So she just (laughs) completely... Off the cuff, it just goes, I didn't say fucking ye. (laughs) Like, there is no, I think what makes it great is there was no thought before it. It wasn't like, I'm going to ham this up and make this like a viral moment. It just completely came out of her mouth, like, so genuinely. (laughs) It's It's, beautiful. (laughs) And it was the, I mean, she didn't say fucking ye. It's true. She really did not. The syntax is important too that she didn't say, I didn't fucking say ye something about Fully. saying I'm glad you ye. brought this up um, is, we can curse on this difference. podcast I hope we are yeah. and we have been we fucking can <laughs> so yeah I mean it's and then she tweets the it moment. you know she like owns it too yeah well it's also a throwback to this was not this year but she also tweeted one of the greatest tweets of all time that has become very influential, which is welcome to the Yee Club, bitch, (laughs) in Casey Musgraves Lord. I think that's another thing with her. Like, she uh, quote tweeted someone who was like, I don't really like country music, but I like Casey Musgraves. And then she said, welcome to the Yee Club, bitch. And so there's, I think she (laughs) is playing around with that. She understands the the narrative around her is this kind of like, I don't like country music, but I like Casey Musgraves. And she somehow, it's so meta that she's like able to comment on that and still be like cooler than the people who think it's not cool to like any other country music. Like she's just the coolest person. Yeah. So what do we hope uh, for Casey going forward in 2019 and beyond? Uh. Great outfits, first of all. Yeah. Continuing her, you know, we, we have to talk about the her Met Gala. Yeah, tell me about as well. Yeah. So she showed How up. How would you describe this outfit? So most people at the camp themed Met Gala this year yeah. really kind of missed the mark and didn't seem to understand <laughs> what camp was, which is fine. It, ha- um, it happens. Every but year. Casey just rose above it all as she often does. And she came dressed quite literally just as Barbie. <laughs> It was Jeremy Scott by Moschino, or for Moschino, and she looked great. She literally looked like a Barbie, and she even had this, like, sort of glassy expression that maybe she she probably was just really high, yeah. which she always seems to be, too. It was, like, another great thing she about her. work. <laughs> yeah, but she just kind of looked like a doll, and she was holding this purse that was actually a hairdryer. It's incredible. 
It's just the level of detail. I think she, like, rode up to her hotel in a hot pink convertible, too. Like, she, you know, Nicki Minaj wept. <laughs> like, she, kind of, she embodied the Barbie uh, spirit, quite literally. So, So yeah. good outfits going forward. Good outfits. And just kind of to bask in the success. I think she, something cool about her right now too is she seems in a really happy place in her life. She got married a couple years yeah. ago. She seems like really in love with her husband and they That's like great. they're really cute together. Happy for them. We love it. You love to see it. <laughs> and I you know the record is kind of about these feelings of happiness and contentment and and moving into a period of life where there's not as much like drama and strife as there is. And mm-hmm. she, I think part of her appeal right now too is she does just seem to be like embodying that moment in her life and like moving into her 30s with a lot of confidence and stuff so yeah I would want more great outfits from Casey some time to work on a new record at her leisure but I think more than anything she should just take the victory lap um, that she is much deservedly on right now just keep tweeting keep tweeting is what I want her to do keep tweeting keep swearing (laughs) keep getting high Keep putting out really weird music videos that are like weird drug trips. Yes. That she, the Oh, What a World video. Yeah. If you haven't seen it, uh, <laughs> do yourself a favor. Yeah. I think that's a good spot to end on. Go watch that video and go just gawk at all the Met Gala photos of Casey. Mm. Uh, <laughs> Lindsay, thanks for joining me. Yeehaw. Yeehaw, baby. <laughs> Joining me now is staff writer Miles Surrey to talk about Keanu Reeves. Miles, what's up? Hey, what's up? Yeah, I'm thinking he's back. <laughs> <laughs> I can't think of anyone better to talk to me about the Keanu Sons than you. Where should we start in 2019 for when this really started taking off? Yeah, so it's actually kind of been a weird, like, very compact keanu because Yeah, it, it does feel yeah. aggressive. <laughs> yeah, it, like, began sort of leading up to John Wick 3, which came out uh, around the middle of May, and mm. it's sort of extended all the way up to this weekend because he has, a like, a minor role in Toy Story 4 as a uh, toy yeah. that's, like, a Canadian Evil Knievel, but he's sure. got... Uh, he's got some performance issues, but I won't <laughs> oh, God. spoil m- much of it. <laughs> But I think, you know, what what makes the Keanu Sons interesting is, you know, he's like a notoriously reclusive dude, probably like one of those A-list stars where if he's not promoting anything, you kind of don't really hear about him unless there's a weird photo on like the Daily Mail of him eating a sandwich or something. So I think like having all these projects come out in a very short period of time sort of forces him to emerge from the shadows. And that's when we get just great Keanu content. Do you think this is something that's kind of been simmering for a while? Because, I mean... For as long as the internet has existed, there seems to have been Keanu memes. I mean, the, there's the sandwich, the sandwich yep. eating photo from 2010, that is one of the most iconic ones. So, like, how did we hit a new level of Keanu as the human meme this year? <laughs> I, I think it's like it helps that uh, he sort of covered all the bases. Like, you know, when John Wick came out in 2014, like, I was personally obsessed with it. And I knew a lot of, like, people who liked action movies who were like, holy crap, Keanu just came out of nowhere and is suddenly doing, like, all these stunts just and shooting shelves. so many people in yeah, the head. All because uh, of a very cute dog was killed. He, like, wiped out an entire <laughs> That's Russian a huge mob. part in this, too. The yeah. dog savior thing. Dog savior thing. Uh, but now he's, all, he's done a Netflix rom-com where he played himself as, like, a... Yeah pretentious asshole which was just an incredible turn so you've got like the rom-com hit there you've got toy story 4 so he's like he's touching like on the pixar mm-hmm. nostalgia feels and then uh he's also going to be in an open world video game that looks like blade runner on cocaine it's called cyberpunk this 2077 awesome. yeah. it's incredible. i, I want to play it keanu uh, reeves cameo in this is just very important to me well i think he's the main character that you play as God, what a good and game. I think in the game, he's supposed to be a former rock star. Of course. So, uh, yeah, everything about it is perfect. Uh, I think that game's coming on like April 2020. So, I'm sure we'll get like more footage of Keanu in the game <laughs> and you playing as Keanu killing people. It should be fun. So, I feel, yeah, I feel like he's covered like a lot of different bases, which I think helps. Whereas, like, maybe you can see like John Wick memes and sort of get some of it. But, in, mm-hmm. like, he's sort of tapping into a lot of different things right now. So, you're. I think it's fair to say a John Wick expert. I uh, I know my Baba Yaga. <laughs> That's on your going to be on your gravestone. 
Probably. <laughs> Hopefully not so anytime take, soon. <laughs> so take me through Keanu's best moments in JW3. JW3, yeah. So in Parabellum, which takes place immediately after the events of John Wick Chapter 2 when he is excommunicado. He's drenched. Yeah, he's running with a pit bull. So he just killed like God knows how many Italian people. <laughs> um, you know, this is all happening in a very short time period in the movie. And he has a, you know, it's a John Wick movie. It's all about the action. And he has some really cool signature kills in the opening, like, maybe 15 or so minutes. He kills Boban Marjanovic simply by using a library book on this Russian seems folklore. to be, like, the best flex I've seen in a movie this year where I was, like, you knew the Boban thing was coming. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, it's the first 10 minutes of the movie oh, yeah. when it's happening. Also, like, one of my favorite moments from that other than the actual fight is, like, Immediately after he kills him, he just like calmly puts the book back on the shelf. Which, <laughs> just a guy who loves literature. Yeah, he's, he's very. He's, <laughs> he's just that kind of guy. He's a man with a code. He's going to put his library book back. And then the thing that I really liked about the the third one, you know, this is a very like animal, like very pro dog franchise. And so you get some horses in there. Like he's riding a horse, shooting people in the God. head on on motorcycles. What a good scene. Great scene. He also, along with Halle Berry, who owns these two Belgian Malinois, which are like basically even scarier German shepherds. Yeah. <laughs> um, they they just like wipe out a bazaar's worth of men who uh, are like working under the employ of Braun from Game of Thrones yep. using a terrible Moroccan accent or whatever the hell that was. John Wick 3, what a movie. Yeah, great so movie. Good. Lots of killing. <laughs> lots of, uh, you know, also spoilers for John Wick 3. He falls off a building at the end of the movie and he's only annoyed. <laughs> Right. Like, he doesn't die. He's just like, man, I'm really pissed off now. So, John McFour is coming in 2021. The Keanu Sans is, is thriving. It's still going. And then, I think it's this this point, like a week after JW3, is always be my maybe. Which yeah. feels like the maybe the point when this Keanu thing, like, goes into overdrive. Yeah, I think... Uh, I don't remember... Do you remember exactly when the trailer came out? It was around the John Wick 3 it, release. Yeah, it was around... And the trailer... I mean, you can talk a little bit about this, but like it revealed enough and hid the perfect amount. Yeah, because the trailer, also some spoilers for Always Be My Baby, but <laughs> in the trailer, it shows Keanu at the very end is like, because Ali Wong and Randall Park play two best friends from when they're kids who like they had a falling out, but it's like right. clearly they're meant yeah. to be together. And she is like, yeah, I've been hooking up with this dude. We've had some like freaky, <laughs> crazy sex and like I want you to meet him. And at the end of the trailer, you find out it's, well, it's Keanu Reeves, but you don't know until the movie that it's actually Keanu Reeves as actually Keanu, Keanu Reeves. Reeves. And, Just incredible. Yeah. And movie Keanu or always be a maybe Keanu really sucks like he's just a <laughs> terrible hang like he just seems like kind of dude who's always posting weird vague How would, like how'd you describe his outfit um weirdly like a very metrosexual version of chris hemsworth <laughs> in ghostbusters because he's got the empty glasses yeah, yeah, yeah. frames he just sort of looks like john wick going through like a midlife crisis <laughs> <laughs> which is i think that should be john wick four yeah <laughs> John Wick on like a Euro trip doing a little eat, pray, love. <laughs> just like with a, it's like he's wearing like a tie, but it's not a tie and he yeah. never takes it off. Yeah. Also, um, when he's ordering food, he's like, because they're at this like absurd restaurant in uh, San Francisco. Yeah. And he's just like, oh, do you have any, um, you know, meals that play with the concept of time? <laughs> it's just things like that. It's just like, oh, my God. It, it's, it's perfect because it feels very Keanu-esque, but like. In a way that obviously he seems a lot more authentic in real life. It's like, what if everything you thought about him was wrong and he's just like this false idol who sucks? Yeah. And um, is that what makes him, I guess, so such a meme? Yeah, I think I think there's something because like I think memes can also be derived from things that are very authentic. And there is something like. Where I, I feel like with a lot of celebrities, it's kind of hard to tell, like, because, you know, there's a lot of, like, crafting of images and stuff like that in the press. But Keanu always feels very, like, authentic. He's, like, weirdly very spiritual. He's, like, kind of off kilter. Like, he's got, like, the sort of, especially when he was younger, like, the A-list, like, movie good looks. Uh, mm -hmm. But he sort of feels like an old soul. Like, there are anecdotes from people who are like, yeah, you know, I used to work at a bookstore. And he would come in every week and buy all these sci-fi novels and Sudoku puzzles and be like, hey, it's me. Uh, <laughs> do you have my order? And, like, things like that where just he seems like what you see is what you get with him. And, and it, there's something very charming about that. Do you think 2019 is Keanu Reeves' best year? Ooh. Oh, man, that's tough. Maybe. I mean, because, like, I feel like his his 
even though I, I love the John Wick franchise, like him in the Matrix is just <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ninety nine is I guess pretty important. Yeah, but but like the amount of stuff in twenty nineteen is pretty wild because in addition to all this stuff, there's the a video game which like again you wouldn't think of that right. in the nineties. Like hitting, this, he's hitting all the yeah. genres. And uh, I don't know if you saw, but I think on Thursday there was news that Kevin Feige, who like oversees the Marvel Cinematic Universe, he's like, yeah, we've been talking with Keanu for a while, trying to get him to uh, play someone in the MCU in the future. And it's like all these things where it's like, <laughs> Keanu's going to be in everything, I guess. That's really like the next out. step. Yeah. On that point, like, as we go into the second half of 2019, how can he sustain this? Or like, what do you see for the future of Keanu? Well, I, I actually, I, I did check his IMDb. There's technically no, like, TV or movie projects for the rest of the year. So, unfortunately, no more releases to look forward to. But on the Feige thing, like, what if later this year they announce, like, oh, yeah, Keanu's going to play, like, some whatever character in, like, Marvel Phase 4. Like, I feel like that'll draw up a bit of hype. But then in 2020, you've got that video game coming out. You've got yes. the Bill and Ted sequel. We'll probably get some oh, set huge, photos yeah. from John Wick 4, which is coming out uh, the next year, 2021. So it might not be, like, 2019 levels, but, like, when that John Wick 4 trailer drop hits, like, I'm going to be at DEFCON 1. <laughs> <laughs> who should who should he play if he's in the MCU? Oh, that's a great question. I feel like... Like, they've already covered so many characters, but I feel like it would also be funny because um, we've already had a Silver Surfer uh, yeah, movie. Yeah, he yeah. was voiced by Morpheus, Lawrence Fishburne. Wow. Just get get Neo to do the new Silver <laughs> Surfer. He's a very trippy, psychedelic dude. He's kind of soulful. I feel like Keanu is like the perfect vibe for like a rebooted uh, Silver Surfer. You're, you're right. So if you had to rank Keanu's moments this this year... Ooh, are, are we including like kind of like interviews, memes, things of that nature, just the movies? I think you can include whatever you want. Okay. This is a this is a, a broad <laughs> question for you. Okay. I think first still gotta be John Wick Three. Um yeah. incredible commitment. I think uh honestly, other than maybe Tom Cruise, who's like willingly trying to kill himself in the Mission Impossible franchise, I don't think like <laughs> any other star is as committed to like Has he got seriously injured? Cruise or Keanu? Keanu. Um I don't think he has because he said in interviews, he's like, the one thing that I will not do, because like he's like, I do all my own stunts, but when John Wick gets hit by a car, that is a stunt man. He's like, I am not Just a like, smart guy. Yeah. That's just you don't a smart get hit move. by a car. Meanwhile, Tom Cruise is like, yeah, I'll jump out of a plane like a hundred times for a good shot. Yeah, Tom Cruise. Be more yeah. like Keanu. But uh, yeah, so I think Parabellum, definitely number okay. one. I loved him and always be my maybe. That's probably number yep. two. I'd probably like... He had a video where he played with puppies on BuzzFeed and like went between sure. making like very like kind of awkward jokes and being very like spiritual and profound, which is perfect because <laughs> he's like hanging out with puppies, one of which peed next to him and he's like, oh, yeah, I think this guy had an accident, like <laughs> stuff like that. Then he's he's great in Toy Story 4, but the character Duke Kaboom that he plays, uh, great. it's a surprisingly minor role considering like, you know, Cam is like a big name attached to it. And considering so. how much they've been promoting him. Yeah. I would movie. say like there's maybe... 15 minutes at most of like good Duke Kaboom uh -huh. content in the movie. So like you kind of wish there was more, but he's still great. Basically, I would say everything, all the other memes, like there's a meme of uh, Keanu with water at a table and then it, the next still is wine and it says explain that atheist that's up there. Uh, I would say probably the, the video game reveal, even yeah. though it also, it happened at E3. It was like a whole, E3 was very weird this year. Uh, but <laughs> I think the fact that, like, it's just a trailer and, like, you know, we're, we're going to get the good stuff in 2020. I feel like that's kind of at the bottom of the list because it's, like, that's just a taste. Like, we're going to have an actual video game God. where you're playing as Keanu Reeves in a year. It's a dream. Yeah. For I me and win. you. Yep. <laughs> Miles, thanks for coming on and telling me all about Keanu. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks again to Miles and all the Ringer staffers who joined me today. Make sure to head over to TheRinger.com to check out the rest of our Best of 2019 so far coverage. Thanks for listening to Ringer Dish. We'll be back next week. 